This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Future Talk podcast. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Omnia Saleh and Hani Balkis. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Future Talk right here on Pulse 95. This is the one and only place where we bring you the latest in robotics, artificial intelligence, gadgets, and applications. All that you need to know about what's happening in the tech world, in the UAE, and around the world is being brought to you right here on Pulse 95. Yes, indeed. And today we're going to be talking about TikTok and how it's going to provide an Arabic service for the Middle East and North Africa region and for the small businesses. Now, it is very interesting to see how TikTok is now catering for the Middle East. Yes, indeed. And this is definitely a huge accomplishment and a big achievement happening right here in the UAE. And we're going to be giving you all those details in just a few moments. But staying in the UAE, a lot of consumers and shoppers have been very worried about hacking attacks, Mm. especially with all the big sales taking place. For those of you who don't know, Amazon is carrying out its White Friday sale today, as well as many other platforms such as Noon and Nemshi, you name the brand, they're all carrying out big discounts. But with discounts comes hackers who also want to make the Mm. most out of this opportunity. Yes, indeed. A lot of phishing emails are sent out during these seasons where a lot of discounts are happening to kind of capture the audience who want to get big discounts. (laughs) But we're also going to be talking about how Sharjah is currently working on launching its first ever miniature satellite, the Sharjah Sat-1, and it will be launched in the first quarter of 2021. And today we're bringing in a live interview with Mohammed bin Ashur. Yes, indeed. Mohammed bin Ashur is an engineer and research assistant in the CubeSats laboratory at the Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Sciences, and Technology. He's going to be giving us all those details about how this satellite will actually be bringing endless resources of information back to Earth and to researchers right here in the UAE. Lots and lots is in store on the show, so you got to stay tuned. Yes, if you, if you have any questions for Mohammed, 4215 or on our Instagram at Pulse95Radio, we're going to be taking a short break but when we come back we got everything for y'all Pulse 95 daily digital news bits and bytes connect our world tiktok is making headlines once again it does seem omnia that every couple of days every couple of weeks we will talk about tiktok well in all respect tiktok does deserve it because tiktok is going to provide arabic service for the middle east and north africa's small businesses Now, the platform does have over 50,000 regional businesses already registered into it. Now, for those who don't know, TikTok is the short-form video application, and it did roll out the Arabic version of its TikTok for Business platform in the Middle East and North Africa region. Now, this is definitely very interesting news that is launched right here in the UAE because it's going to be providing a lot of businesses with a localized experience. The ability to use their mother tongue on such a platform will definitely attract a lot of customers. Now, this latest move will also offer a lot of small businesses the tools that they will need to make sure that they are engaging and growing their customer base with the Arabic content. We've seen a lot of drama coming out of TikTok, especially TikTok in the US mm-hmm. because of their Chinese owned company uh, ByteDance and a lot of arguments about Oracle wanting to purchase it Walmart purchasing it Donald Trump yes. filing a lot of lawsuits but right here in the UAE I feel like TikTok mm-hmm. is absolutely thriving yes and uh, don't forget it was banned in India yes it, I do believe it's still banned in India and there was even talks about it being banned in Egypt now TikTok in my point of view is one yeah. of the strongest marketing tools uh, on the planet right now, TikTok's marketing is 
outrageous. Now, the video platform, which does have over 50,000 registered businesses in the region, did see it is seeing growing demand for Arabic content, which I have seen it as well, Omnium. A lot of people, they do want more Arabic. A lot of Arabic users are integrating with TikTok. Now, overall, nearly 80% of TikTok's campaign in the MENA region are in Arabic. Uh, this is due to most businesses in Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Egypt choosing to operate and communicate with their target audience in Arabic. So obviously, it is a given. That is their demographic. So you got to speak the same language. Exactly. And a lot of the times, social media platforms uh, do allow us to write in Arabic and type in Arabic. But having the platform well-adjusted to the Arabic language, the diacritics of it, since it is a bit different than typing in English, will definitely come in handy when it comes to attracting new customers. Visual platforms in the Middle East, such as TikTok, YouTube, and Snapchat, are becoming very popular and they're largely driven by all the millennials and the youth that look to these platforms for entertainment so being able to attract customers through entertainment will be very beneficial for all these businesses now fun fact Saudi Arabia is the biggest user of YouTube per capita globally now Omnia do you know how sometimes you'll stumble upon the weird side of YouTube Yes, well, what weird side are we like, talking like we're about? We're talking about the conspiracy side, the oh, weird yes. side, the dark website. Well, if you've ever stumbled on top, uh, on the uh, Saudi Arabia side of YouTube, mm. there's a lot of YouTubers who are from Saudi Arabia. So many. And they have millions and millions of subscribers, 10 million views on a video. And I never discovered them until recently. So, I mean, having the, the ease... Yeah. of giving Arabic to the users on TikTok, we're going to see a big growth in TikTok users coming from the MENA region. 100%. And especially, it's interesting that you mentioned how many people are becoming more interested in YouTube, whether it was in Saudi Arabia or even right here in the UAE, because the overall demographic, when we're looking mm -hmm. at people who are consuming YouTube, it's a lot more than those who consume TV. Exactly. About 68% of people actually consume YouTube. I feel like TV is dead by today. T I, I, I had this conversation with my dad, I think uh, two days ago. I was telling him, who uses cable anymore? Who uses satellite TV? I mean, everything is now either on Netflix or you'll go on YouTube and watch it. You can even open YouTube on your smart TV. So exactly. people are using it to log in through YouTube. Exactly. And if you want to watch something funny, all you got to do is open TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat and kind of uh, entertain yourself. But let's talk about how UAE consumers are urged to be extra vigilant to thwart email fraud during shopping season. Now, we do know that a lot of people are getting phishing emails. That is yes. the shopping season right now. And nearly 85% of the top 20 UAE online, online retailers are not actively blocking fraud emails from reaching their customers. Now, this is a very big warning sign for all of us as customers to go ahead and make sure that our firewall is turned on, strengthen our security when it comes to shopping from our smartphone devices or even our computers. Since the big deals are definitely luring, mm -hmm. but we have to stay Vigilant, and we have to open our eyes 24-7. Big deals are happening, whether it was on Amazon, Noon, Nemshi, whatever platform and whatever website you're looking into. I mean, our bank accounts are going to be suffering by the end of this week <laughs> because of the White Friday sales. But let's not have them suffer too much through hacking. Yes. Now, now, obviously, Omnia, what I always like to say, if it's too, too, too good to be true, it's fake. Yeah. And, and that is the deal because no way is a, a provider going to come to you and say, hey, 85%, 90 5% off on a deal. All you have to do is send me your credit card details and you get that offer. So uh, we we always uh, strive for you guys to be educated when it does come to online shopping and, and educated when it does come 
to browsing the, the web. So always remember, ladies and gentlemen, you when you go online and you want to shop online, always try to be on the trusted website. Yes. And my recommendation, which is what I do, if I want to shop on Amazon, I'll go on my laptop, mm. I'll add everything to my cart, but then go to my phone and pay using Apple Pay. And that's a tip I definitely learned from you, honey, because... Checking out from my laptop definitely deemed very harmful yes. <laughs> earlier this week. So I have kept that as a tip. But also for all those of you who are, you know, regularly checking their emails for any new f- deals, any new great yeah. deals coming into your email, whether it was from customers and from brands that you regularly shop from, make sure that you check the URL yes. of those emails. If the URL looks fishy, if it doesn't look legitimate, it is not true, and you don't ever go ahead and click on any link that you get in the email. If you are getting, let's say, an email from a certain brand about a deal, go ahead and check the website uh, or the brand's website. Mm-hmm. Do not click on the link in that email. A lot, a lot of uh, spoofy emails are coming, a lot of spoofy links. That's why I did recommend going, going to the app because if your laptop is compromised, it is very highly unlikely mm. that your phone and that app is compromised. Let us know your guys' thoughts, 4215, or on Instagram, at Pulse95Radio. Have you get, been getting any fraudulent emails or not? Yes, indeed. And have you been enjoying all the sales happening with different brands right here in the UAE? Our text lines are open, 4215, or sign into our DMs at Pulse95Radio. Coming up, a very interesting conversation all about the Sharjah Satellite 1, Sharjah's very first ever miniature satellite that will be launching in the first quarter of 2021. Keep Pulse95 locked. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse 95. This is Future Talk. Future Talk. Future Talk with Amiel Saleh and Hany Balkis. Sharjah is creating big accomplishments when it comes to the space industry because it is currently working on launching its first ever miniature satellite, the Sharjah Sat-1 that will be launched hopefully in the first quarter of 2021. Now what makes this satellite very special is the fact that it is honestly developed fully in-house so mm-hmm. we're not depending on international companies but rather our very own Emirati engineers that are coming from the University of Sharjah as well as the Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Sciences and Technology. Joining us today to tell us more about this great accomplishment is Mohammed bin Ashur, engineer and research assistant in the CubeSats laboratory at this academy. Thank you so much for joining us today Mohammed. It's a pleasure having you. Now let's kick start this conversation by asking what is a Cube satellite and the Sharjah Sat One? Okay, so starting, I'll start with artificial satellites. Mm-hmm. They come in different sizes, different weights, and with different costs. So uh, depending on the mission, you can decide. So uh, let's classify them as large satellites, for example, above 1,000 kilograms. Uh, medium satellites from 500 to 1,000, and then you come to the small satellites, which can go further to many microsatellites, nanosatellites, and going on. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, these satellites can be can fit in your hand mm-hmm. or can be as big as the International Space Station, which wow. is around 420,000 kilograms. Wow. Oh, wow. So uh, now CubeSats. CubeSats are cl- a class of uh, nanosatellites, which are less than 10 kilograms. Mm-hmm. Um, they come with a standardized uh, unit. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we say 1U, or one unit, one CubeSat unit, is a 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter by 10 centimeter wow. in a cube shape. So uh, uh, this this idea actually started in 1999, where um, a, prof- a professor uh, 
Juri Pogi Swari, I don't remember the name, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Uh, from uh, California Polytechnic State uh, University mm. and uh, Professor uh, Bo- Bob Twiggs from mm. Stanford University. They started uh, developing these CubeSats as a platform for educational um, and space ex- exploration, mm. which is great. So now going to the other part of the question, what is SharjahSat-1? SharjahSat-1 is our first CubeSat mission to be developed at Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Science and Technology. Mm. Um, this mission will uh, a- is aims to, uh, to build the capacities and expertise for future CubeSat missions. Mm. This CubeSat is a 3U plus. Mm-hmm. So as I said, 3U, 3U yes. 1U. It can extend to 2U, 3U, 6U, mm-hmm. 12U, and going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a 3U, so 10 by 10 centimeter by 30 centimeters. Okay. Mm. Um, it has, um, as a payload, it has uh, a primary uh, improved X-ray detector and a dual camera system. Mm. Mm. So this is Shadjasat in few words. In a nutshell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now you've mentioned that the satellite will come with a camera system and an X-ray detector. Mm-hmm. Why are these important to have in a satellite and what will their role be in the mission of this okay. study? Okay, so it's it's important to look at the mission objective, the scientific objective mainly, because mm-hmm. this is, as I said, it's uh, it will support the academic uh, field. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Sharjasat one will be studying and observing the solar coronal holes and the effect of uh, and their effect on the space weather, mm-hmm. which is very important for our scientists to do their research. Uh, another thing, they'll observe also the X-rays from the very um, uh, highly uh, high X-ray uh, yeah. sources, mm-hmm. uh, such as black holes and neutron stars. So this is why these uh, payloads are very important in this uh, satellite. Mm-hmm. And Amazing. Uh, I think everyone might be wondering who will have access to this information yes. since okay. they're going to be collecting it for so, research. So uh, having this data, mm. of course, as an academy here in, in Sharjah, we, we do this research constantly. Of course, after getting this data, we have to make sure that all, everything is correct. Mm. This data is not misleading or anything. So after that, after doing all the processing, then it could be pu- uh, public as research papers or even some uh, some scientists and uh, other professors can get in, in uh, like get this data and work uh, continue their research amazing I, I love it so far very interesting <laughs> topic now we're going to take a short break but when we come back ladies and gentlemen we're going to ask what is the scientific goal of this mission so keep pulse 95 locked and we'll be right back you're, you're listening, listening to pulse 95 pulse 95 The space industry could become one of the UAE's most promising sectors and it's going to definitely be a key pillar in the next 50 years Mm. for an economic rise. Sharjah is working on its very own miniature satellite to make this become a reality. The Sharjah Sat-1 is on its way to be prepared so that it can hopefully be launched in the first quarter of 2021. It will be developed fully in-house by Emirati engineers. And today we have been lucky enough to be joined by the engineer and research assistant in the CubeSats laboratory at the Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Sciences and Technology, Mohammed bin Ashur. Thanks a lot for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you on the show. Now, can you tell us more about the structure and size of the satellite? Okay, so as I said previously, mm-hmm. uh, Sharjah Sat 1 will be a 3U plus uh, CubeSat. Mm. So uh, the same thing, 10 by 10 by 30. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it will it will weigh around 3.5 kilograms, um, and it will we can split it into two parts. So first, I'll I'll say the payload part, mm-hmm. which uh, which is required to achieve the the space mission to, to successfully achieve the mission. And then you have the bus system, which which is uh, which is there to support this uh, this payload to, uh, for achieving the the uh, the mission yeah. the mission objective. So for the bus subsystem, you'll have the onboard computer, which is like the brain. You'll have the ADCS attitude determination and control for orienting the CubeSat. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have the power subsystem consisting of the solar panels and the batteries. Um, including the communication, the antenna to send the data back mm-hmm. for the ground station uh, here at Charger. So we can, uh, or also it will send uh, other than the data, it will send the health status of the satellite mm-hmm. to make sure everything is is good mm-hmm. and everything is in place. Now, can we talk about the launch of the satellite? How will the satellite be launched into space? Okay, so uh, this is one of the main advantages for CubeSats. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. CubeSats are light. Mm. Um, they're cheap to uh, like to develop. Yeah. Mm. So sending them to um, to to space can be either using a rocket. So in this rocket, let's say you have this big satellite. Mm. Okay. Uh, the big satellite will pay for for this trip, <laughs> and you will join as a secondary payload. Yeah. So you might pay a little, or if you're lucky, it will be free. So, so it's, get, it's getting really a free good. ride. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Other than that, you can send it to the International Space Station mm. and they can launch it from the Japanese module over there. So mm. also over there, you get an advantage because the astronaut will take will take a video of your CubeSat uh, yeah. <laughs> going into space. So it's it's fun. And again, I, I believe it's 3.5 kilograms, right? Yeah. So, so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very, very miniature very, very one. Light, uh, yes. It's a challenge uh, because uh, the size is uh, limited and it's compact. So mm-hmm. as an engineer, you have to make sure that everything is in there. And at the same time, you don't you can't exceed these limits and still successfully mm. achieve this mission. I mean, a question comes to mind uh, mentioning how small it is. How can it withstand the difference in pressure, the difference in altitude when it's launched. Is mm-hmm. there any risk that it may be damaged during the launch process? Of course, of course, of course. Like every satellite, it goes through the process. So um, you'll have you'll you'll develop two satellites usually. Mm. So uh, you'll have the engineering model and the flight model. The mm-hmm. engineering model and the flight model are are exactly the same. Mm. Uh, after that, after uh, assembling everything, uh, these uh, satellites will go through different tests. So the vibration test, which which simulates uh, exactly what you what you go through d- during the rocket launch, yes, mm. um, and the thermal vacuum chamber where you uh, the CubeSat will uh, will experience this high and low temperature uh, cycles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and after that, if the engineering model uh, successfully finishes all the tests, then we take the flight model and we do the test. But this time. We take good care of the flight <laughs> model so we don't uh, damage it. So this is how we make sure that everything is uh, good. And There's always time. a backup plan. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of factors do go into place, I could believe. So as something as small is very delicate as well. But obviously you told us how it is tested to maintain and sustain uh, the atmosphere of space. Now, I want to ask you another question. N- other than how it's small and, and, and good, what other benefits can we see from these miniature satellites? Okay. So uh, I believe everyone has this idea that if you have a bigger satellite, <laughs> it's way better. Yes. Mm, maybe, maybe not. So uh, from the beginning, let's say from 1957, 
when they launched the Sputnik, the first artificial satellite to orbit Earth. Um, ever since the space race started going, mm. and uh, who was participating? Uh, big countries, mm. governments with big budgets and with interests. Mm. So uh, why bring uh, the size down? Yes. So for CubeSats, it's accessible for students, researchers and uh, educational entities, institutes and commercial uh, companies. So everyone can get involved. Mm. It's cheap, it's light and it's, uh, it's compact. Of course, there are some challenges, but uh, also you have the development time. Like, for example, if we're working on a big project, it will take five to 15 years. Mm. So you can imagine wow. how long it will take. So, But if it was a CubeSat, you can finish it in eight months, depending on the complexity. So uh, let's say less than two years, which is perfect. Even students in elementary, middle school and high school are taking uh, are part of this uh, CubeSat mm. uh, missions. So it's really great to see that. So again, that's also motivating the, the Emirati youth to get into the space sector definitely. and, mm-hmm. and, and, and yes. explore how space exploration definitely. does work out. Actually, I want to add one thing, um, especially while we see everything going here in UAE. Yes. So we have uh, Hope Mars mission. Yes. Uh, we have Hazal Mansouri went to the International Space Station. We have Khalifa Sat and other satellites. So how can a student, a young, a young student with so much passion transition from this from from university from all the theoretical part <laughs> to working on these big projects Practic- yeah. actually cubesat missions will will let you experience everything and it will ease this transition towards the bigger uh, bigger uh, satellite mm. now i know i'm saying that but at the same time keep in mind that these cubesats even though they're small um, they have Big uh, mass, power, big, yeah. big capabilities. So, for example, if we if we look at Marco A and B, mm. yeah. which are the first two CubeSats to to go beyond Earth orbit and reach Mars, mm-hmm. they proved that okay, even though we are compact, with clever engineering, we can do so many things, which is very impressive. Mm. And it definitely makes sense. We always say tiny but mighty. Yes, tiny so but mighty. It's not necessarily the bigger the better, mm-hmm. um, and it's opening the doors for many students, as you've mentioned, uh, and the youth to be a part of the applicable theories of space instead mm. of just talking about a scenario that may never come to life. Yeah. These cube satellites are making this become a reality. Yes, indeed. Now you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're going to be taking a short break, but when we come back, we got a lot in store with Mohammed bin Ashur. So keep Pulse ninety five locked, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Pulse ninety five. While the whole world worries about global warming, we do need to take into consideration that space could Mm. be polluted as well. We're all rushing to be a part of the space race. Uh, Different countries around the world have definitely been participating. And the UAE is one of the biggest uh, competitors when it comes to the space race. However, it is doing it in a very smart and sustainable manner by making sure that we are taking care of this gift that God has given us. Joining us today is the engineer and research assistant in the CubeSats laboratory at the Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, Space Sciences and Technology, Mohammed bin Ashur, who's been telling us about 
Sharjah's latest accomplishments in the launch or hopeful launch of the Sharjah Sat-1 that is scheduled to be released into outer space in the first quarter of 2021. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mohammed. Thank you. It's a pleasure having you on the show, Mohammed. Now, we just talked about space debris and how space could be polluted as well. Mm-hmm. Now, do all miniature satellites such as the Sharjah Sat-1 return back to Earth? And if they do, what is the benefit of that? Okay, so uh, to answer this question, I'll start by talking about the growth okay. in this uh, in the CubeSat in general. Mm. So, uh, if we said that they started the CubeSat missions in 2000, okay, so from 2000 until 2012, mm. uh, we reached 100 CubeSat launched. Mm. Okay. Okay. After th- in 2012, uh, these standards were fixed for CubeSats. So uh, from we we noticed an exponential growth in these cubesats. So uh, I believe now we've uh, exceeded uh, 1,000 cubesats in space, and we're still going. So uh, we're sending these satellites. Mm-hmm. These satellites don't have uh, the long lifetime as other big satellites. Mm. So let's say they go, they finish successfully, finish the the mission. What happens next? Yeah. Uh, does it fly, uh, orbit Earth forever? <laughs> if it does, it will be a big problem, especially that it will harm other active uh, satellites. Mm. And uh, remember that uh, CubeSats are only sent in low Earth orbit. Yeah. So below 2000 kilometers and they're they usually they're usually around 500 to 700 kilometers away from Earth. Mm. So, uh, and uh, keep in mind that the International Space Station is in 400 kilometers. Uh, other big projects are in that area. So, we need to to move them out of this orbit. Out of and, the way. And, uh, yeah, and keep it safe for other missions. And how do you do that? How do you bring them back to Earth? Okay, so uh, the satellite is in, the, in that environment. Mm. Even though you're in, uh, in space, but you still have, uh, you're still affected by the Earth's gravity. Mm. Okay. Um, so this is one thing. Another thing is that even at that uh, altitude, you have a thin atmosphere, which which acts, uh, uh, which which drags this uh, or or creates like a friction, mm. which drags the satellite. So with time, all the orbiting uh, satellites in the low Earth orbit mm-hmm. or in that area are falling down slowly by uh, slowly with time. Mm. Mm. So. Uh, for example, let's say the International Space Station is moving down, but we have thrusters to keep it, yeah, yeah. Oh, to, to bring okay. it back. Yeah. So uh, uh, these satellites are uh, falling down slowly. When launching the satellite, we have to make sure that it won't stay in orbit for more than 25 years. Okay. So it falls back until it reach, it enters the um, Earth atmosphere. Mm-hmm. As as soon as it enters, it burns up. So it's not a problem. It's we're all good. Um, in other cases, not in CubeSats, but <laughs> other uh, let's say geostationary uh, satellites which orbit around in uh, 35,700 kilometers around that. So uh, they're pretty far. Mm. The effects are not the same. You have different effects. Um, so how can we bring them back to Earth? Yeah. Yeah. Especially that they're at a very high, far away from Earth. So it will take forever for them, for them to come so back. Come the gravitational back to, yeah. to come back. So, yeah. so usually uh, before the end of life, we have end of life plan. Mm. So before everything finishes, like before the propellant finishes, we push that uh, satellite into a graveyard orbit. Okay. Or we can just push it away from Earth and 
Okay. Hopefully we're safe. Yeah, yeah. You okay. mentioned a graveyard orbit. Yeah. What, what is, is that the exactly? Orbit? Uh, is basically. it a place where all the dead satellites live? Yeah, we okay. we we try to get get rid of them over there because especially for um, geostationary orbit, mm. uh, basically they they their position they 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 stay in an imaginary box. Yeah. Mm. So you have to keep them in that box because the spots are taken by different satellites. It's different than low Earth orbit. So. It's it's pretty uh, interesting. Also, space debris, other than CubeSats, you have so many things, like even paint fragments mm. can damage other satellites. So you can imagine. And if something happens, like if uh, two satellites collide, it will create even more space debris. Mm-hmm. So it's a very serious issue that we have to, to make sure that, okay, everything is fine, especially that everyone is now uh, sending CubeSats. 100%. And we've seen the UAE do great efforts when it comes to collaborating with the United Nations to make sure that we are launching satellites to outer space, but also in a very sustainable manner so that they don't collide with one another. Yes. Now, uh, what if someone wants to get into uh, to, to the to space agency and see what they can do for the Emirates youth, for example? How can they contact you guys? Okay. So uh, to contact us uh, at Sharjah Academy for Astronomy, yes. Space Science and Technology and to ask more or to know the updates for Sharjah Sat 1 or even other multiple projects. We yes. have different labs in the in the academy. You can visit sast.ae, sast, S-A-A-S-T dot A-E, sast. Uh, or you can visit the um, Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. So uh, we we keep we keep everything updated over there. Is there like a kind of like projects for the university students that they can get into? Yes, definitely. I'm talking because I'm from the CubeSat lab. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, we uh, we actually before starting this project, mm-hmm. we arranged different different workshops. Mm-hmm. So CanSat and uh, tabletop CubeSat uh, workshops and. Uh, believe it or not, more than 75 uh, students actually participated and were really interested in this project. They keep they keep coming back and checking on us. Uh, okay, how uh, they asked so many questions. It's That's it's really amazing. interesting. It is interesting. I'm interested. Uh, me too. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, uh, what is one piece of advice that you wish uh, or that you would give to another Muhammad Ashur, a younger person who is interested in becoming a part of this field but just doesn't know where to begin. Mm. What is one piece of advice you wish you knew? Uh, I, if I go back in time, mm. so uh, what I was worried about is that, okay, it's rocket science. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> yeah. So, But actually, it's not. You'll enjoy it. Like, uh, so many things are going on, but as you go along, you'll learn. As you meet, uh, like... I'll, I'll say for everyone listening, if you're interested, uh, get involved. Mm. Try to get involved. If we, if you see a workshop or you, you know someone who's working on a project, get involved. Ask them. Tell them. It's, it's really interesting. You heard it here. You heard it here first, Golden ladies and words. gentlemen. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much, Mohamed, for coming on to the show with us. And joining us, it's definitely been a very insightful conversation. And we will definitely be having you again once the Sharjah satellite hopefully Inshallah. launches to Inshallah. outer space. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Q1 of 2021. We'll have you back on the show. You can tell us all about <laughs> that. But it's time for us to jump into our satellite <laughs> and go all the way to space. Yes, indeed. We You can catch us again, uh, same time, same place tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. But make sure you stay tuned to the Dream Team. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyu will be joining you on their very own show, Afternoon Karak, from 4 to 5 p.m to give you all that you need to know about what is happening in the entertainment industry. Yes, indeed. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place, right here only on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 2 p.m.